5: Today is Tuesday, August 1st, 2023. Coming up on Roland Martin Unfiltered, streaming live on the Black Star Network. Uh, Special counsel Jack Smith has indicted Donald Trump on four. Four felony charges related to trying to overturn the 2020 election. Jack Smith will be speaking shortly live. We will carry that right here on the Black Star Network. Sad news out of New Jersey where the lieutenant governor, a black woman, has passed away at the age of 71. We'll tell you exactly what happened. Also uh, on today's show, the family of Henrietta Lacks, uh, they announced a major settlement with biotech companies. We will show you that news conference with attorney Ben Crump. Uh, Also, folks, uh, we're talking about uh, what's happening on the political side. And we'll continue to show you uh, how Democrats are battling Republicans when it comes to uh, the economy, what's happening politically in D.C. And they try to keep going up to Hunter Biden. They all want to ignore Donald Trump. Uh, In addition, folks, I was at the original T. Gall classic where they honored Gary Sheffield. We'll show you the words that he had to say in his praise for this show as well. Lots of stuff for us to cover. It's time to bring the funk. Roland Martin unfiltered on the Black Star Network. Let's go.
1: Whatever the miss he's on it. Whatever it is, he's got the scoop, the fact, the find. And when it breaks, he's right on time, and it's rolling. Best believe he's knowing. Putting it down from sports to news to politics.
5: Folks, this is a uh, let's go live look uh, at the Department of Justice, where Special Counsel Jack Smith will be speaking shortly. Uh, he has a grand jury. They've announced a four felony count indictment of Donald Trump related to the 2020 election, his efforts to overturn the election. It is a 45 page indictment. It includes conspiracy to defraud the United States, conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding. Uh, the indictment says Trump, quote pursued unlawful means of discounting legitimate votes and subverting the election results. Again, uh, this, of course, is the latest indictment of Donald Trump. Smith had already indicted him uh, with regards to the classified documents case, two separate indictments. Then, of course, uh, Alvin Bragg out of New York, the Manhattan DA, also indicted Donald Trump with regards to payments made to Stormy Daniels uh, that were, of course... um, PRIVATE AND OFF THE BOOKS, ALONG WITH MICHAEL COHEN. NOW, KEEP IN MIND, WE'RE WAITING TO SEE uh, FOR FULTON COUNTY DA FANNIE WILLIS IN ATLANTA uh, WHEN SHE'S GOING TO ANNOUNCE HER INDICTMENTS TIED TO TRYING TO OVERTURN THE ELECTION RESULTS IN 2020. Uh, AND SO THIS SPELLS SIGNIFICANT TROUBLE FOR DONALD TRUMP. THE NEW YORK TIMES has been REPORTING uh, THAT HIS uh, POLITICAL ACTION COMMITTEE, THEY'VE SPENT, THEY'RE ALMOST BROKE, THEY'VE GOT $4 MILLION, THEY'VE SPENT upwards of $60 million on legal fees fighting on all of these fronts. Uh, and so Republicans uh, keep defending him at some point. At some point, they're going to have to come to terms with the person who is leading in the Republican polls has, will be indicted on three or four, potentially five, separate occasions from three different prosecutors. They can keep saying oh, the, all this is is a political witch hunt but if you're the party of law and order, hmm, ain't that simple to keep uh, trying to throw that out? Uh, our panel right now: uh, Mustafa Santiago Ali, former senior advisor for environmental justice at the EPA. Uh, he joins us. Long Victoria Burke, uh, she joins us as well, uh, writing for uh, NNPA. Uh, she, of course, uh, has been uh, also covering a lot of these, a lot of the news uh, on Capitol Hill uh, as well. Also joining us uh, on our panel uh, out of Florida uh, is, uh, Dr., uh, first of all, Dr. Larry. Glad to have you. First of all, i got two frat brothers here, so it's always good to have two alpha brothers here. Uh, glad to have you all here. Uh, this, of course, uh, is uh, breaking news coming out uh, again. Uh, Larry Walker, University of Central Florida. Glad to have all three folks here. And so, again, we're waiting for Jack Smith to come out uh, to make the announcement regarding uh, this particular a- indictment. Uh, And I must say, uh, Lauren, uh, it's like Groundhog Day dealing with this guy. Uh, Donald Trump has subverted the law. He has gotten away with wrongdoing his entire life. His career started off with him and his dad uh, practicing racism against black people. Uh, They were not prosecuted. There was a settlement there. But the fact of the matter is, Republicans can keep trying to say, oh, this is a witch hunt. They are going to have to defend
6: this thug-in-chief all of these indictments. That's right. I'm actually really surprised that this is happening. I was one of the people, you know, when you've been in Washington and and around politics so long, you get cynical. So I'm surprised he was actually indicted for this. It it does seem so obvious, given all what we know, the video and everything else. What also is noteworthy here, Roland, it seems like there's six co-conspirators who are indicted. It's hard to... uh, I've been speed reading, but I can't speed read fast enough to figure out who the six are. But one might guess that one might be Rudy Giuliani and another might be John Eastman. It's hard to figure out exactly who the people are, but to see that Jack Smith went that far and wide, uh, that is really impressive. Obviously, he's about to speak. I don't think that's going to go on for very long. But to your point also, the Republican Party is going to have to figure out what it's doing. Is it Chris Christie? Is it Ron DeSantis? Is it somebody who's not in the race yet, like Glenn Youngkin? Who knows? But there is no way that they can have this posture uh, through primaries and everything else. And we know that this poll came out today showing that Uh, Joe Biden, uh, President Biden and uh, Trump are even in in a poll that came out today. But the Republican Party is going to really have to figure out exactly what it's doing in this situation. Uh, I I love to see all of the whining, complaining among
5: the right, especially Fox News. Uh, Again, they are Trump's biggest defenders, uh, and they are one of the reasons why Republicans uh, don't believe any of this stuff. Uh, If you really want to... I mean, look at this nonsense. First of all, uh, Mustafa, one of the dumbest people who's on television. I mean, truly an idiot, which is like a lot of competition on Fox News, is Jesse Waters. Uh, here's, I just gotta play for you just the crying over there about his latest indictment. Watch this. You also have
7: January 6th, and I feel comfortable speaking for Jessica. Mm-hmm.
8: You really shouldn't. <laughs>
7: <laughs> I I'll speak for the rest of the country that has their head on straight. Not everybody believes January 6th was Hiroshima. Not everybody believes that. No one We talk that. to people on the street all the time. A lot of people don't even know what January 6th was. And for the people that watch it on TV, they're over it. They don't see it as a holy day the way yeah. you guys do. Again, the documents case. And I'm talking about what Biden did with it, what Trump did with it. Regular Americans on Main Street aren't fussing over where the documents went. They really don't care. It doesn't affect them. In the 90s, you had sex. It was titillating.
5: People were very focused. On- oh, I just love Mustafa. Oh, my God. Regular people don't care. I thought y'all were the party of law and order. They are whining and complaining, and here's the deal. They love comparing Joe Biden and Trump to documents. Guess what? Biden voluntarily turned his over. Trump refused to do so. He ignored a subpoena. He moved documents. They have him uh, They have him
7: on tape. That's the difference. You know, it's a part of this strategic stupidity that continues to be, you know, pushed out, both from you know, Fox News and and also from the president, uh, former President Trump. You know, he had a choice. He made the choice to actually do the things that he did. He knew that the election fraud claims were false, but he continued to push that out. He played a role in that seven-state strategy that's also a part of what you'll hear about here tonight and tried to pressure those states, um, you know, who knew that he had lost the election. But he continued to use his privilege, or what he assumed was his privilege, to move forward. He's the one who weaponized the Justice Department um, to try to get them to do illegal things. Luckily, there were some good folks there who were willing to push back. And he also pressured his own vice president. So, and then, of course, out of all that came the violence um, that played out on January the 6th. So they can pretend and they can try and convince folks um, that these types of things didn't happen. But the rule of law will place a spotlight uh, on just how this happened and who was responsible. So, you know, this strategic stupidity is no longer going to play for most people in our country. Oh, to uh, Jack Smith, the news conference right now. Would be helpful. Um, in just a few moments, I expect Special Counsel Jack Smith to come to this podium and make a statement of about two minutes in length. He will not take questions. If you have any questions after the press conference is over, please see me on the side.
9: My simple solution to the problem was remove people from the scene and help them feel safer.
8: In response to attacks against Asian Americans.
7: Don't do it. All right. Thank you.
5: So, Jack Smith's going to be out uh, momentarily. One uh, of Trump's spokesmen is already out. They're talking about comparing this to Nazi Germany. This is how sick and divinity these people are. Go to my iPad. Uh, they'll call this election interference. The lawlessness of these persecutions of President Trump and his supporters is reminiscent of Nazi Germany in the 1930s, the former Soviet Union, and other authoritarian dictatorial regimes President Trump has always followed the law and the Constitution with advice from many highly accomplished attorneys. No, Larry, he was following idiots uh, like Sidney Powell, like Rudy Giuliani. He had other real lawyers telling him, do not do this, but he refused to do so. And the reason we know these things, his own people are talking, Mark Meadows and others. And so the bottom line is, Jesse Waters of the world and Fox News, they can keep claiming that people don't care about January 6th, but... We saw what happened that day, and what these people did was shameful, and pathetic Larry.
10: It's so interesting, Roland. You know, it reminds me, chickens come on the roost. We re- recall in terms of how they chanted lock them up when it came to Hillary Clinton. And now here we are so, a few years later, and he's being held responsible for inciting an insurrection. Obviously, we talk about the, the four counts, but the bottom line is he's, he knew that he lost the election. He's been filling a lot of these folks with minds with lies. And at the same time, as you just played that clip at Fox News, they are just nothing more than a, a, a network that's full of misinformation, and that's certainly having an impact on. When we see some of these um, radical behaviors from Americans, not only in January six, but some of the other incidents we've seen since then. But the bottom line is, it is really important that uh, Jack Smith and, and our government overall hold Donald Trump responsible for his actions. And Roland, you highlighted his uh, problem, his father, and he and his problem, his father, he and his father got in trouble years ago, when it came to DOJ, and you talked about, you know, working out on some negotiating, uh, work... negotiation. But the bottom line is, Donald Trump has been getting away for... getting away from these issues for years. Uh,
5: Larry, hold on one second. Larry, hold on one second. Special Counsel Jack Smith is coming out. Let's go live right now
11: to DOJ. Good evening. Today, an indictment was unsealed. Charging Donald J. Trump with conspiring to defraud the United States conspiring to disenfranchise voters and conspiring and attempting to obstruct an official proceeding. The indictment was issued by a grand jury of citizens here in the district of Columbia, and it sets forth the crimes charged in detail. I encourage everyone to read it in full. The attack on our nation's capital on January 6th, 2021 was an unprecedented assault on the seat of American democracy. As described in the indictment, it was fueled by lies. Lies by the defendant, targeted at obstructing a bedrock function of the U.S. government, the nation's process of collecting, counting, and certifying the results of the presidential election. The men and women of law enforcement who defended the U.S. Capitol on January 6th are heroes. They are patriots and they are the very best of us. They did not just defend a building or the people sheltering in it. They put their lives in the line to defend who we are as a country and as a people. They defended the very institutions and principles that define the United States. Since the attack on our Capitol, the Department of Justice has remained committed to ensuring accountability for those criminally responsible for what happened that day. This case is brought consistent with that commitment, and our investigation of other individuals continues. In this case, my office will seek a speedy trial so that our evidence can be tested in court and judged by a jury of citizens. In the meantime, I must emphasize that the indictment is only an allegation and that the defendant must be presumed innocent until proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt in a court of law. I would like to thank the members of the Federal Bureau of Investigation who are working on this investigation with my office, as well as the many career prosecutors and law enforcement agents from around the country who have worked on previous January 6th investigations. These women and men are public servants of the very highest order, and it is a privilege to work alongside them. Thank you.
12: Why
13: didn't you charge any of the
5: other folks? There? You folks, me? that was, uh, again, about a two minute statement from uh, Special Counsel Jack Smith announcing uh, the four count indictment against Donald Trump. Uh, folks, uh, uh, Judge Tanya Chutkin, uh, who is a DC judge, this is who she is. She's is going to be the one presiding over this. She has not been kind to folks involved in the January 6th um, uh, insurrection. Uh, and so she is the one who has been assigned this case. Uh, as well again folks a 45 page uh, indictment uh, laying out uh, the details of what took place uh, it says right here uh, again uh, the grand jury charges uh, right here the defendant Donald J Trump was the 45th president of the United States and the candidate for re-election in 2020 the defendant lost the 2020 presidential election despite having lost the defendant was determined to remain in power So for more than two months following Election Day, on November 3rd, 2020, the defendant spread lies that there had been outcome-determinative fraud in the election and that he had actually won. These claims were false, and the defendant knew that they were false. Uh, It goes on, again, over 45 pages, uh, Larry, detailing uh, the lies and the efforts uh, of Donald Trump it says, point blank, says, but the defendant repeated and widely disseminated them anyway to make his knowingly false claims appear legitimate, create an intense national atmosphere of mistrust and anger, and erode public faith in the administration of the election. So, in- Roman,
10: I'm interested in terms of w- over the next couple of months, how... What did, what did, what's the argument from the Republicans? I mean, Donald Trump has been collecting these indictments like penny, penny candy from back in the day. And you're like, we're not done because we're still waiting to see what happens in Georgia. But the bottom line, he's responsible for January 6th insurrection. And as Republicans try to, you know, you know talk about Hunter Biden and all these other allegations that are, aren't accurate and, and try to pull President Biden into these, these various uh, conspiracy theories... The bottom line is that Donald Trump has to be held responsible for his actions, just like every other American, regardless of how much money they're worth or whether they're, whatever their political status was in the past. Love, once again, this yep. is an important date in U.S. history.
5: I love the whining from Trump. This is... Go to my iPad. This is him on, tr- on his True Social app. I hear that deranged Jack Smith, in order to interfere with the presidential election of 2024, will be putting out yet another fake indictment of your favorite president, me, at 5 p.m., Why didn't they do this 2.5 years ago? Why did they wait so long? Because they wanted to put it right in the middle of my campaign prosecutorial misconduct. No, uh, it's called investigation. That's what it is, Lauren. You investigate.
6: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and you know this this shtick of everything being about Donald Trump all the time. You know, he did a rally the other day where he only talked about himself, his own problems, and everything else. I can't imagine that that's going to go over well for a year of listening to him whining about whoever it is, Jack Smith or Joe Biden whoever it may be on that particular day. The entire universe, the entire world is him. Now, obviously, if you're a MAGA Republican, you have no problem with any of this. But there's going to be a lot of people out there, I suspect 80 million, over 80 million strong, who are not going to be okay with this and are not going to want to elect and sort of, you know, continue to watch this crazy show, which is what it is. And we haven't even seen the third indictment yet, Fannie Willis, which, by the way, all of this stuff is on video, on audio. You know, him talking to Georgia's elect- elect- election officials and-, and asking them to, quote, find a certain amount of votes, I'm not sure what their arguments are going to be in court, and I'm not sure what's going to happen first. Is he going to run out of money for attorneys, or are they going to realize that they just can't defend this case and they're headed for a plea? But this, to me, is not really winnable, given all the evidence that we know about that is, is public-facing. When Jack Smith, by the way, just said that there was a little editorializing, if you heard that, Roland, from uh, the prosecutor with regard to who guarded the U.S. Capitol. There's a group of uh, U.S. Capitol police who also have a lawsuit against Donald Trump for causing uh, all the craziness that happened on Jan 6. and I suspect that they do, in fact, have a case. Hasn't been thrown out yet, hasn't been dealt with yet, but we'll see. And as somebody who is dating one of the members of the U.S. Capitol Police, he did have, you know, uh, um, he had involvement in terms of this entire time, this two-year period of, you know, the, these cops being questioned and having to testify in some re- uh, some ways and go to court. This is a real thing for real people, uh, what happened. And again, everybody can see it on tape, on video, the cover of your book rolling, that photo, uh, being another good example of it. I don't know what Trump's defense is going to be in this case.
5: Um, uh, this is, uh, folks, uh, this is the actual indictment here. Go to my iPad. The defendant had a right like every American, to speak publicly about the election and even to claim falsely that there had been outcome-determinative fraud during the election and that he won. He was also entitled to formally challenge the results of the election through lawful and appropriate means, such as by seeking recounts or audits of the popular vote in states or filing lawsuits challenging ballots and procedures. Indeed, in many cases, the defendant did pursue these methods of contesting the election results. His efforts to change the outcome in any state through recounts, audits, or legal challenges were uniformly unsuccessful. Shortly after election day, the defendant also pursued unlawful means of discounting legitimate votes and subverting the election results. In so doing, the defendant perpetrated three criminal conspiracies. A conspiracy to defraud the United States by using dishonest, dis- dishonesty, fraud, and deceit to impair, obstruct, and defeat the lawful federal government function by which the results of the presidential election are collected, counted, and certified by the federal government in violation of 18 U.S.C. 371. A conspiracy to corruptly obstruct and impede the January 6th congressional proceeding at which the collected results of the presidential election are counted and certified a certification proceeding in violation of 18 U.S.C. 1512K and a conspiracy against the right to vote and to have one's vote counted in violation of 18 U.S.C. 241. Each of these conspiracies, which built on the widespread mistrust the defendant was creating, through pervasive and destabilizing lies about election fraud, targeted a bedrock function of the United States federal government, the nation's process of collecting, counting, and certifying the results of the presidential election. Count one. It lays out right here uh, what he did. From on or about November 14th, through on or about January 20th, 2021, Donald J. Trump did knowingly combine conspire confederate and agree with co-conspirators known and unknown to the grand jury to defraud the united states by using dishonesty fraud and deceit to impair obstruct and defeat the lawful federal government function by which the results of the presidential election are collected counted and certified by the federal government he smith lays out the purpose of the conspiracy was to overturn the legitimate results of the 2020 e- presidential election by using knowingly false claims of election fraud to obstruct the federal government function of which those results are collected, counted, and certified. This is where it says right here the defendant enlisted co conspirators to assist him in his criminal efforts to overturn the legitimate results of the 2020 presidential election and retain power. Among these were co conspirator one, an attorney who was willing to spread knowingly false claims and pursue strategies that the defendant's 2020 re-election campaign attorneys would not. Co-conspirator two, an attorney who devised and attempted to implement a strategy to leverage the vice president's ceremonial role overseeing the certification proceeding to obstruct a certification of the president's election. Co-conspirator three, an attorney whose unfounded claims of election fraud the defendant privately acknowledged to others sounded crazy. Nonetheless, the defendant embraced and publicly amplified Co-Conspirator 3's disinformation. Co-Conspirator 4, a Justice Department official who worked on civil matters and who, with the defendant, attempted to use the Justice Department to open sham election crime investigations and influence state legislatures with knowingly false claims of election fraud. Co-conspirator 5, an attorney who assisted in in devising and attempting to implement a plan to submit fraudulent slates of presidential electors to obstruct a certification proceeding. Co-conspirator 6, a political consultant who helped implement a plan to submit fraudulent slates of presidential electors to obstruct a certification proceeding. There are some attorneys, Mustafa, who right now are scrambling to hire their own because they are in trouble.
7: Yeah, if you follow what goes on in Washington, D.C. over the last few years, you can pretty much uh, uh, put the names of those co-conspirators in there, um, but we'll wait until there are the formal announcements that are out there. You know, <laughs> they better get some good attorneys because these case, this case is really strong against all the folks uh, who are there or part of this indictment. You know, this is all about power and privilege. Um, And, you know, Donald Trump has never felt that the law, um, you know, was something that he had to follow. Um, And now he finds himself in this situation and convinced. I don't know how hard he had to convince these other co-conspirators to also follow that same way of thinking. But they're going to find out. As my mama said, you're going to learn today.
5: Larry, uh, later in this indictment, on page 10, it says, On December 1st, co-conspirator 1 met with the Arizona House Speaker. When the Arizona House Speaker again asked Co-Conspirator One for evidence of the outcome determinative election fraud, he and the defendant have been claiming Co-Conspirator One responded with words to the effect of, quote, we don't have the evidence, but we have lots of theories.
10: Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. I feel like I would have to scold them with one of my students in my in class. You just can't. If you don't have, you know, you don't have any you have any evidence to support you, whatever ass- assertions you're making, then they're not factual. But the bottom line is, Roland. Well, this is was, this is never this has never been about fa- the facts. This is about maintaining power when they lost an election. And as you talk about, you go through those lists. As my colleague said, we can pretty much guess who these co-conspirators are. And I'm looking forward to have those, those names formally um, uh, released. But the bottom line is, they tried to go Arizona. Obviously, we know we talked about the s- situation in Georgia and this phone call with the Secretary of State there. But in terms of there was a multi-prong approach to make sure to really. Um, you know, tear apart our country and essentially trying to take power and is, a, is authoritarian. But as Jack Smith highlighted in, in, in this indictment, we're holding those individuals, including specifically Donald Trump, accountable, because if we don't, then we don't have a true democracy.
5: Uh, in this indictment, Lauren, they talk about Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, all of these various states. They lay all these different uh, things out. Uh, you see, they, they got... On December 4th, Co-Conspirator 1 sent a text message to the Michigan House Speaker reiterating his unsupported claim of election fraud and attempting to get the Michigan House Speaker to assist in reversing the ascertainment of the legitimate Biden electors, stating, looks like Georgia may well hold some factual hearings and change the certification under Article 1, Section 2 of the Constitution, explaining that they, don't, they, don't, they, they just don't have the right to it, but that obligation, help me get this done in Michigan. And it goes on and on and on. If you're Rudy Giuliani and Jack Eastman and Sidney Powell, you are now in the crosshairs of Jack Smith.
6: That's right. And you have uh, minimum they're looking, you know, at, at obviously the potential of being disbarred. Uh, but also, right, to your point, Roland, uh, they will have to, of course, lawyer up. And, uh, you know, the fact that they brought up Russell Bowers is interesting. That sounds... I mean, he had testified in front of uh, Benny Thompson's committee, January 6th committee, uh, and that was pretty startling testimony, because that was a Republican elected... a Republican official effectively saying, I am not going to subvert our democracy, you know? And, and, and as you read, Roland, actually a lot of what you're reading sounds a lot like two things. A little bit of what Fox News was sued on in terms of their lying on the air and their constant uh, just making up of reality around election fraud, and then it sounds like the January 6th hearing testimony. A lot of this and a lot of the same officials involved. So, so we can kind of get a. a if in fact, you know, when you if, when you keep reading, uh, it sounds like a lot of that hearing testimony and a lot of that is is on the record under oath. It's a lot of what we already know, and I think it just sort of leads us all back to the question of what is the defense going to be? I mean, you I have lo- I, subverted...
5: All right, all right. I love people. this one. On November 25th, uh-huh. the day after Pennsylvania's governor signed a certificate of ascertainment and thus certified to the federal government that Biden's electors were, le- were the legitimate electors for the state, Co-Conspirator 1 orchestrated an event at a hotel in Gettysburg attended by state legislators. Co-Conspirator 1 falsely claimed that Pennsylvania had issued 1.8 million absentee ballots and received 2.5 million in return. In the days thereafter, a campaign staffer wrote internally that co-conspirators one's allegation was quote, just wrong and quote, there's no way to defend it. That that's what they literally had. There are people who are working with them saying these folks are lying and so right. if you're right. Jack Smith uh, let's, is, is this live outside what is this folks uh, the, uh, okay they're trying to get a statement from Mary Garland go live right now
9: my simple solution to the problem was remove people from the scene and help them feel safer
8: in response to attacks against Asian Americans Maddie Park raised over $250,000 to donate cab rides to the Asian community
9: there is so much more work to be done we really need to come together and tackle this issue as a
8: community. Support the Asian community. Learn how at lovehasnolabels.com Brought to you by Love Has No Labels and the Ad Council.
4: the January
11: 6th attack on our democracy the career men and women of the Justice Department engaged in what has become the largest investigation in our
5: history. In November last I appointed Jack Smith a
11: Special Counsel to take on the ongoing investigation. In order to underline the department's commitment to accountability and independence, Mr. Smith
5: and his team, experienced, principled, career agents, and prosecutors, have followed the facts and the law wherever they may
1: Any questions about this matter will have to be answered by the filings made Are you
11: concerned about this affecting the 2024 election, A. G. Girl? You can. Confer-
5: The thing here is that uh, in this indictment, you have a DOJ staffer who is being indicted, a Justice Department official. Uh, That right there um, uh, says a whole lot, uh, Mustafa, because it shows how Donald Trump had individuals who he appointed uh, who were trying to use the power of the Department of Justice to overturn this election, and this uh, is more offensive so the folks, again, let's go back to uh, give me a two box of, with Mary Garland. This shows, again, how offensive uh, it is what actually took place uh, in this country uh, with this man. He was used, trying to use everything possible in order to stay in power. That's what Donald Trump was trying to do.
7: Oh, without a doubt and he had tentacles all throughout the federal government. you know for those of us who have spent time there, one we understand our oath and how important it is to actually live up to that. Um, so then when you see they had these individuals who were inside the federal government who are also you know moving forward with lies or were supporting uh, you know this strategy that uh, Trump had, you know it just it doesn't make it any easier for people to trust the federal government. But, luckily, there were good folks who were there who were also pushing back. I was blessed to be able to work with folks from the Department of Justice for a couple of decades. And I know their level of commitment to upholding the law. Um, So, you know, he tried to dismantle and deconstruct uh, the Department of Justice. And, thankfully, he wasn't successful. But there were those individuals um, who, unfortunately, believed the hype and believed the things that he was trying to accomplish. And I won't be surprised if we won't also find out, you know, that there will be folks also who will catch charges in some of these various states uh, who are also aligning themselves with him.
5: Oh, Larry, they've got to break. Look, look, you got a bunch of people who got to answer some stuff. Go back to my iPad. Uh, it says right here on the December 6th, the defendant and co-conspirator two call the chairwoman of the Republican National Committee. That's Rona McDaniel, uh, Rona McDaniel Romney, uh, to ensure that the plan was in motion. Uh, She said that that during the call, Co-Conspirator 2 told the chairwoman that it was important for the RNC to help the defendant's campaign gather electors in targeted states and falsely represented to her that such electors' votes would be used only if ongoing litigation in one of the states changed the result in the defendant's favor. After the RNC chairwoman consulted the campaign and heard that work on gathering electors was underway she called and reported this information to the defendant who responded approvingly. Rona McDaniel is not going to have to answer. All of these people, look, they go to trial here, uh, Larry, barring, you know, a plea deal. Steve Bannon, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Jim Jordan, every single Matt Gaetz, uh, Ted Cruz, all of these Republicans who avoided congressional subpoenas, they are not going to be able to avoid a subpoena from the federal courts.
10: No. And, all, you know, reading, reading, you know, kind of here listening to you realizes that Roland, the, the rot runs deep. <laughs> and when you have a rot, rot a treat is rotted, you really have to cut it down and start from scratch. And that's what we essentially, this, this indictment is really the first stage. And like you said, we'll see over a series of next couple of months of some of these individuals we highlighted, like you said, who are those individuals and then having them testify. Because we heard, a, we we're here, we, the last couple of months, we've heard a lot of people, you know, stand at the podium or put out press releases, talk about, you know, it, it's, it's a witch hunt and none of this makes any sense and they're going after Donald Trump. Let's see what you have to say when you have to put your hand on the Bible. And Let's, then you're being asked a series of
5: questions. We'll see what you, yep. will see kind of conspiracy theories you want to run then. Uh, and Lauren, when I say a lot of people, go back to my, go back to my iPad. On December 7th, co conspirator one received the Wisconsin memo and the fraudulent electoral memo. Co-conspirator 1 spoke with Co-conspirator 6 regarding attorneys who could assist in the fraudulent electorate effort in the targeted states. And he received from Co-conspirator 6 an email identifying attorneys in Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, New Mexico, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin. All of those attorneys are now potentially having uh, a criminal exposure, Lauren.
6: That's right. Yeah, I mean, it is, it is wide-ranging, a lot wider-ranging than I would have ever guessed. Obviously, everybody was focused on Donald Trump, but as you can see, there's a lot of people involved in this. Uh, when I think about these cities, I think about something you said earlier, Roland, on a show. Uh, you know, what was killing Donald Trump, as I don't need to tell you, Roland, was the fact that this election was decided by black voters in Milwaukee and Detroit and, and Philly and Atlanta. That's why he was uh, ticked off in the first place. Of course, he lost by eight million votes. But then he, of course, went to these uh, election officials in a lot of these Republican jurisdictions and tried to get them to lie. He tried to get them to lie. And so they weren't going for it. And In fact, it was interesting to see the Republican officials, not only in Arizona, but also in Georgia, resist him, resist him on the phone and, of course, resist him uh, t- trying to, quote, find a certain amount of votes so that he could be declared the winner uh, and declare that there was some sort of impropriety with regards to the collection of votes, none of which was true. Um, I actually think that there's a chance that this is going to get real, real fast. We saw, we saw Al- you know, Alabama reject um, this idea of redistricting and the SCOTUS decision. Don't think that some of these people won't try to defy the federal government. I actually think they will try to defy the federal government. They've been talking openly about this. And that is their spin right now, that this is all political and not fair. And it wouldn't surprise me if they brought that that question to the brink.
5: Here's what's crazy. I'm only 27 pages into the 45 pages of Mustafa. Uh, uh, Again, on December 22nd, the defendant met with co-conspirator 4 at the White House co-conspirator Ford had not informed his leadership at the Justice Department of the meeting, which was a violation of the Justice Department's written policy restricting contacts with the White House to guard against improper political influence. On December 26, co-conspirator Ford spoke on the phone with the acting attorney general and lied about the circumstances of his meeting with the defendant at the White House, falsely claiming that the meeting had been unplanned. The acting attorney general directed co-conspirator Ford not to have unauthorized contacts with the White House again. And co-conspirator Ford said he would not. That co-conspirator Ford is that Department of Justice official. And again, here's the deal. You start lying, they can get you on lock. Li- they, they, they can convict you on lying alone. And so this, this thing is about to metastasize. And if you want to see how quickly folks start going, oh crap. I might be headed to prison. Jack Smith is going to start granting immunity to a whole bunch of lawyers who, one, do not want to lose their law licenses, Mustafa, because that means they got no means of income because they won't be able to practice law for the rest of their life.
7: Oh, yeah. Folks going to be cutting deals left and right, Uh, if, if some of them already haven't. You know, my grandmother says, when you know better, do better. These individuals, they knew better than to do and to support this foolishness that Donald Trump was, you know, was trying to move forward on. Uh, You know, these election fraud claims that that he was just continued to state time and time and time again and people actually supporting that stuff. And then strategies around pressuring the states and then weaponizing of the Justice Department. That goes particularly to what you're talking about, about one of those co-conspirators. You know, they were playing a role in trying to weaponize the Department of Justice. So, you know, if if you're not going to do the right thing, you should never be in these positions. Um, And, you know, here's the thing. Most of these folks don't really understand what prison is all about. But I guarantee you, once they hear, you know, those steel doors closing, uh, they'll change, they'll really start to reflect on why they did the things that they did and why did they support this individual, because prison is no joke.
5: Well, first of all, again, y'all, if you go through this indictment, Uh, it it lays out, I mean, just all sorts of nonsense uh, that took place uh, that was unbelievable. And again, I haven't even got to January 6th, and so let's do this here. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back on Roland Martin Unfiltered uh, to break this thing down. And not just this here. on the same day, folks, as Jack Smith did this here, two officials, Republicans in Michigan, were indicted for their role in this fraudulent scheme. We'll tell you about that. You're watching the Black Star Network back in a moment.
9: Hatred on the streets, a horrific scene. A white nationalist rally
1: that descended into deadly violence.
12: Soil, you will
1: not
5: white people us. are losing their damn minds. 20037- 0196. The Cash App is dollar sign RM unfiltered. PayPal is R Martin unfiltered. Venmo is RM unfiltered. Zelle is Roland at
12: RolandSMartin.com.
11: I'm Joe Marie Payton, voice of Sugar Mama on Disney's
7: Louder and Prouder Disney Plus. And I'm with Roland Martin on Unfiltered.
5: Well, welcome back to Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. The breaking news is that uh, Special Counsel Jack Smith has announced four felony charges against Donald Trump tied to his efforts to overturn uh, the 2020 election. It's a 45-page indictment. Uh, we are ju- through just 31 of the pages uh, it, it is stunning uh, to, to see. And as Lawrence said, many of the things that we uh, are seeing thus far, we've actually seen before. We've seen it with the various testimony before with the January 6th uh, uh, special committee, uh, their testimony. Uh, and so it lays out point blank what took place. But this is actual a formal indictment. Republicans are losing their minds. They are mad. They are angry. They are upset. Uh, they are frothing at the mouth. Uh, Fox News, Jesse Waters is calling this a political war crime. They're all saying this is interfering uh, with the election. But the bottom line is, uh, they simply cannot handle uh, that their uh, their, their uh, big 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 time buddy, uh, their big boss, uh, their god is flack, frankly uh, a thug. This details it all—the lying, the deceiving, and all of these idiots went along with him and all of these people must be held accountable. Uh, My panelists, Larry Walker, Long Victoria Burke, Mustafa Santiago Ali. And that right there, uh, Larry, I think is what's critically important. The fact that all of these people, numerous people who worked for him in all of these states chose to put their careers and families on the line to protect this guy, this liar who they know is a liar because what I said to Chris Christie on ABC is the same. And that is, they had no morals, no values, no principles, and no ethics. All they cared about was power.
10: Also, Roman, this highlights how whiteness works in America. Because when else in U.S. history have they ever been held accountable for their actions? They've gotten away for hundreds of years. So part of that, the reason why we see these, you know, these individuals believe they would get away with it is because historically they have. So this is like a chicken's come on the roost. They're finally being held accountable to this degree. We've never seen, you know, individuals, particularly white males, be held accountable for these kind of lies and mistruths. So it's finally one of the—this is a, a, really a marker in U.S. history, and they're in terms of indicted a former president. But all these other co-conspirators and all the individuals, you talked about the case in Michigan, and we know obviously some other states will continue to see some indictments, but these individuals have never been held accountable. So all these lies, they were told, is consistent with what they've seen throughout U.S. history. But we live in a new day. And now they're being held accountable for all their lives and also, once again, to undermine our democracy and and shift the United States into a place we no longer be a leader in in the world in terms of freedom.
5: You know, the the thing for me, uh, Mustafa, um, is that... We had, we've had to listen to these.
0: My name is Ariel. I moved to the U.S. at 19. I spoke no English, and I struggled finding job opportunities. Everything I have, I owe to the Adult Literacy Center and getting my high school diploma at age 22.
1: It was an honor helping you achieve your greatness. Now you're helping others achieve theirs. It inspires me. When you graduate, they graduate. Find free and supportive adult education centers near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council.
5: Punks chastise protesters Mm -hmm. and others fighting for constitutional freedom, rights, and protection. And these people were willing to do whatever they could to hold onto power and the thing is, they knew they were lying. Trump hired two firms that said, sorry, dude, no election fraud, but they still with, forward with the lies. And all these idiot uh, MAGA people, yes, these deplorables, are walking around going, I don't believe it, I don't believe it, I think
7: it's all a farce. They are stupid for listening to these people. Yeah, it's hard to understand how someone... You know, it's interesting because... They want you to not believe what your eyes have seen, right? We saw January 6th; It was live on our TV screens. We saw the violence that was a part of it. They ask you to not believe what your ears hear, right? We've got these tapes uh, that are a part of the investigation of individuals, you know, spelling it out. Donald Trump, even in many of these, uh, actually, you hear his voice uh, talking. And then, you know, that they ask you to not believe what you know is the right thing to do. You know, we continue to talk about the importance of democracy and the importance of our vote and how it sets us uh, apart from many others across our planet. But even knowing what your eyes have seen, what your ears have heard, and knowing what is right to do, you still got these folks who refuse to believe. mean um, that's because they see themselves as a part of the power structure. And they feel that if an individual like Donald Trump can be got and can be dealt with through the legal system, if they do something, then they might be next. And they're they're correct. You should not be doing these types of things.
5: Um, I, I'm going through this. Uh, uh, I'm still going through this indictment, Lauren, uh, but I want to add this to it, go to my iPad. Today in Oakland County, former Attorney General Candidate Matt DePerno and former State Representative uh, Dare Rendon also facing criminal charges, two counts of undue possession of a voting machine. Uh, And so both of these individuals uh, have been indicted, these Republicans. And so Michigan is doing their part. Georgia is doing their part. And I'm telling you, after this federal indictment, those state attorney generals, it's going to be hard for even, even in some of those red states for them to have to resist not prosecuting individuals who were involved
6: in criminal behavior. Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, it's going to take a, a push in some of these red states, as you saw, Roland, in Congress, in there last week before the August break. The Republicans were openly talking about, it, you know, impeaching President Biden. I mean, there's no lengths to to how far these people will go to resist, to to maintain power and resist what reality is, right? But uh, yes, you're right that there are officials in these states that are that are moving in the right direction. Uh, But I got to tell you, I mean, I think this is, of course, part of the trend that we saw after President Obama left office, really during his time in office, uh, where there just started to be this sort of uh, situation where the Republican Party started to become unglued from reality and started to lie to itself. And it started with a lot of their media platforms, the Breitbart platforms, the Daily Caller, and, of course, Fox brought it to new heights, Uh, they're lying to themselves, and they just are sort of going by this ethic. And, unfortunately, it's kind of familiar to me, having grown up in New York, of, you know, Donald Trump works... His way of doing things is, I will go as far as I will go until you stop me. I will lie as much as I can lie until you don't allow me to get away with it. And somebody has got to be the person or the thing or the entity that, that stops him from getting away with it. We've all been sitting here wondering what entity that would be, there was open discussion in the White House when he was president from the uh, chair of the Joint Chiefs of Staff about what they would do if this guy got a hold of the nuclear codes, you know, what, what they would do if he so openly subverted the government. And, of course, the question of was he going to leave the White House uh, when Biden was elected. That was all open. I mean, you know, because Trump will go as far as, as everyone else allows him to go. But they have to be stopped. They have to be absolutely stopped. It's not just gonna happen on its own. But here we see the Justice Department, not just the DOJ, uh, not just DOJ in Washington, D.C., but, but to your point, Roland, in a lot of these states.
5: This is what I kept trying to explain, uh, to people, all these dumb media people. I would say, this man has no bottom. He has no bottom. I'm
7: like, they keep saying, well, uh, when does he reach the bottom? He has none. Yeah, and, you know, most folks know that I resigned when Donald Trump came in because I knew I couldn't work for him or his administration because I knew what they stood for. And that's the thing that's always curious is that people are surprised about how low Donald Trump um, and those who support uh, his belief system are actually willing to go or how far they are willing to try and push, um, you know, to, to break systems, if you will. And, um The media, unfortunately, got caught up in the hype as well. There were many times that you and others, a handful of others, would actually call out the injustices that he was doing, uh, where others would just kind of go along so that they could get that interview or whatever their particular set of goals were. So we got to decide what our priorities are. And thankfully, we got a Department of Justice that's standing uh, on its priorities, that's living up to its mission. Um, And um, we're seeing, you know, people being held accountable. But we've also got to have folks in the media who are willing to hold people accountable. Journalism is supposed to be about that, about going after the facts and then holding folks accountable through those facts. Um, So I hope that we never, ever go backwards again like we saw uh, over the four years that Donald Trump was in the White House.
5: Um, I'm about to read something here and again. Um, it, it is absolutely stunning and shocking that Republicans would be standing in support of this idiot. Uh, all, it says on January 5th, the defendant met alone with the vice president. When the vice president refused to agree to the defendant's request, so let me be real clear, folks. When Vice President Mike Pence refused to agree to Donald Trump's request that he obstruct the certification, Donald Trump grew frustrated and told Pence, that Trump would have to publicly criticize him. Larry, listen to this. Upon learning of this, Pence, the vice president's chief of staff, was concerned for the vice president's safety and alerted the head of the vice president's secret service detail. That shows you how far these folks were willing to go. Like you said,
10: there's, there was no bottom. And so we... we during January 6th, Roland, we heard... We, you know, we, we, we saw the video, audio... We heard the audio and saw the video of people looking for Mike Pence. <laughs> and so let's also remember that there was a hangman's noose outside of the U.S. Capitol. So in terms of what... You know, he gave his... Trump gave his speech, and then the, the insurrection is trying to break into U.S. Capitol... During the day with some certified votes, let's make clear about it that Mike v- Pence's life was in danger among all the other congressional um, leaders in the in United States. And so it's clear that he met, when he met with Pence the day before, he's threatening him. This is some old, old school New York City mob boss stuff. Threatening him, if you don't do what I'm going to tell you to do, then I'm, here's, here's not, here's, it's not a veiled threat. He's a clear threat when it comes to your life. And so yep. it's also why it's so interesting to me that Mike Pence, is, is, is why he's running for president, he needs to be even more critical about Donald Trump in terms of what he did.
5: Uh, Lauren, uh, this is where Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin uh, is involved. On the morning of January 6, an agent of the defendant contacted a United States senator to ask him to hand deliver documents to the vice president. We know that's Ron Johnson. The agent then facilitated the receipt by the senator's staff of the fraudulent certificates signed by the defendant's fraudulent electors in Michigan and Wisconsin, which were believed not to have been delivered to the vice president or archivist by mail. When one of the senator's staffers contacted a staffer for the vice president by text message to arrange for delivery of what the senator's staffer had been told were alternate slates of electors from Michigan and Wisconsin because archivists didn't receive them, the vice president's staffer, rejected them. That is Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin.
6: Right. And, you know, he's not alone, right? I mean, we have several members of Congress who would not surprise me reading this thing should be popping up because, of course, we had the Marjorie Taylor Greene tour and all sorts of involvement and uh, sort of implications with regard to wanting to be pardoned later, which talk about consciousness of guilt. Uh, So it doesn't surprise me that Ron Johnson is in there. and, And, you know, uh, to, to the point where it, it really is going to be interesting to see how far the Justice Department is going to go in trying to uh, get after some of these members of Congress, which is a long overdue, a long overdue uh, issue. Um, not just with with the, uh, the the contact that they had with President President Trump, uh, former President Trump, but also the things that happened after where they had supported this idea, this fraudulent idea that there was something wrong with the elections. Um, The question's going to become, do we have enough never-Trumpers around to uh, push that message? Because, you know, to the points made before, the media is not... The media is really failing at a moment. We really don't need the media to fail. We need the media to call a thing a thing, a lie a lie, and say things in plain language. When things are... When people are lying, the media needs to say that they're lying and not get into... Get wrapped around the axle about whether or not we should be saying the word lie. Uh, it, it is good, I guess, to see people like George Will and Rick Wilson and Steve Schmidt stand up, uh, Republicans uh, stand up and, and be pushing against this. Uh, but there's not enough of them. And, and it's scary to watch some of these people who still stay with Donald Trump, even in these moments where we have obvious evidence. These are not, this is not testimonial evidence from people that they spoke to. These are, these are things that have been recorded. Members of Congress, in many cases, who were in the U.S. Capitol when it was attacked and still supporting Trump, which is insane. Roland, what page is the Pence thing that you referenced? What page was that?
5: Um, Got to go up. That was like... It was like 38, 39, yeah. something you. like that. I mean, it, it is remarkable, again, um, uh, reading this. A lot of this stuff uh, we, we've heard before. Um, uh, but, but, But... I also want people to understand this, Mustafa. We talk about elections matter. If people did not vote, let, let me be very clear to everybody who's watching and listening. If people did not vote the way they did in this election, these thugs would still be in power. These people, if they went to this extent, to try to steal this election, what would they have done if they remain in power? Which also says to us, Mustafa, what are they going to do if they maintain power? If they get it back? We already know right now they are literally meeting and planning to completely up in the entire federal government if they take power. New York Times, Sienna out with a poll today that shows the race is virtually tied. Now, there are not factors involved in that. It has 10% of support for RFK Jr., Mariana Williamson and others. But I need people to understand who think that, oh, this is no big deal. If you read the 45-page indictment and understand and if these people are allowed back at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue and the control of DOJ and the Pentagon and the entire federal apparatus, the hell that these people will reign on this country cannot be overstated. And so I need every black person, every white person of conscience to cut the bullshit out, with, I do Joe Biden, eighty, I don't know this, that, and the other. These people, none of them can be allowed anywhere near the levers of power and every single vote imaginable must be cast to ensure they never win next year.
7: Yeah, without a doubt, I was thinking about this earlier as I was going through some of the documents and, and, and just really reflecting on the play, you know this moment that we find ourselves in and how important our vote is. you know you see that. they've been very clear. And I want to bring also some of these senators and others on Capitol Hill into this because they have been very clear about trying to weaken and dismantle the Department of Justice. Now the Department of Justice, you know in the entire history has not always been. Uh, favorable to our communities, but we have some really great folks who are there right now who would not be there if you you hadn't voted in the numbers that you did. As you think about your future, all these federal agencies play an incredible role in helping to move resources to our communities, especially when we have individuals who are there who understand the dynamics that are playing out in our communities, both the impacts and the sets of opportunities, but it is all tied to your vote. If we do not vote once again and our allies in significant numbers,
0: then you're... My name is Ariel. I moved to the U.S. at 19. I spoke no English and I struggled finding job opportunities. Everything I have, I owe to the Adult Literacy Center and getting my high school diploma at age 22.
1: It was an honor helping you achieve your greatness. Now you're helping others achieve theirs. It inspires me. When you graduate, they graduate. Find free and supportive adult education centers near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council.
7: You're going to have individuals who are literally going to be taking wealth out of your pocket that are going to be impacting your health and are going to weaken this country for decades to come. I simply cannot
5: overstate, Larry, how crucial it is for every black person who is eligible to vote to get registered and cast a ballot for Biden-Harris. Let me be perfectly clear. All y'all people out there, y'all listening to all these so-called new black media people and their bullshit, and that's exactly what it is, we can be making demands, must be doing so. But if you look at what these people tried to do, and I rattle off, they had attorneys in multiple states. They were pressuring fellow Republicans in Arizona, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Michigan, all these places. What these people plan to do, they right now, Axios reported this months ago, a New York Times reported it last month. The, the Heritage, all of these people right now, Larry, are meeting off-site. They are literally putting together an entire game plan that if they win, if Trump wins, they want to come in and fire thousands of federal workers. They want to grab power over agencies. People are sitting here, man, you trying to scare us. You had damn well better be scared to death if Donald Trump and his imps, these evil people, are allowed to win. And yes, they actually can win because his supporters are fired up and will love nothing better for that crook to be back in the White House.
10: Roland, you highlighted it. We can't afford it because it would essentially be political end game. And, I, you know, f- earlier in the show, I talked about, you know, protecting our democracy and the importance of doing so. But you're right. You know, in New York, you already talked about it. New York Times and other publications talked about the plans they have already have in place. They're going to try to cheat their way to win the White House in 2024 and, and you know, win the Senate and, and maintain control of the House. They, that's, that's the ultimate goal because they can't have a, a discussion on, on the policy issues. They can't talk about Either the drop in inflation, unemployment, or some of the other, they can't talk, they don't want to talk about women' reproductive rights. They can't win on any of those issues. So the only the only way they can possibly win next year is by cheating. And you're right, Roland, all these think tanks and individuals with big pockets have been meeting, planning out a way to steal the election in 2024. One last point I want to make, Roland, is the importance of your platform. We have a conversation right now among four Black folks talking about this issue, you can't, anyone watching this show, you can't find this anywhere else, and this is why your platform is so important,
5: all of, And I see some of you fools on my YouTube channel. Anybody out there who is saying, forget Biden, Harris, vote for RFK, go to my iPad, Henry. <laughs> this who is funding the campaign of Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Republicans. Let me say it again, all you fools out here talking about Robert F. Kennedy, a political analysis shows donor overlap with DeSantis and Trump supporters. That means, I'm going to read you the opening line, the top contributors to Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s presidential campaign include donors who typically give to Republicans According to campaign finance filings, underscoring the extent to which Kennedy, running as a Democrat, is resonating with the other party. Folks, they are funding Robert F. Kennedy in order to try to get Biden Harris to lose. Y'all fools are falling for the banana in the tailpipe.
6: Lauren. Yeah. And they already did that in 2016. It was the same same general strategy. Uh, You know, uh, that that strategy is a strategy to find eight million votes, because obviously Biden beat Donald Trump uh, in 2020 by eight million votes. So between that and voter suppression and closing polling places and other games that they'll probably try to play, they're trying to find that eight million votes. I think that uh, when you think about some of what you said, Roland, you know, it, it's not just the Donald Trump element of it. It's Steve Bannon. It's Stephen Miller. It's all the crazy people he brings with him that you know don't really believe in the functioning of government. And they're saying out loud right now exactly what they're going to do. Uh, when you say that they're meeting off-site, it sort of reminds me of what happened right before, right after President Obama came in, there was a meeting off-site with Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell and all the Republicans decide how they were going to thwart his presidency. This is a party that is not interested in governance. It is not the Reagan Republicans. It is not the Eisenhower. It is it is a party that is created by Donald Trump. And I think that because they're losing power, they're seeing that other constituencies who have been historically marginalized are starting to gain power. They are hitting the desperation button. Uh, they, as, as Dr. Carr Uh, likes to point out they would rather bring this entire thing down than see uh, black people, minorities in charge of anything. Uh, So that is, I think, where we're at with the MAGA Republicans. The question is, how many people can they convince and exactly how many people do they have on their side? I do think the elections last year demonstrated that the crazy people like Carrie Lake, that sort of crazy type of Republican, does lose. Uh, But, you know, we do have some, some... stars coming into alignment that I think are very... Uh, we have to watch very closely. The poll today, the president's age, which we are starting to see visually more and more on the screen. I don't think we can deny that and pr- try to pretend that's not happening. Uh, and the fact that these MAGA Republicans are not giving up, they're not backing off. They're, they're actually getting, I think, more energetic as, as these sorts of things happen, like these indictments. And I don't think it's lost on them, obviously that a black woman is about to hand down an indictment in Atlanta and that the indictment handed down in New York was a black male. That is not lost on them. This is power. They also don't
5: like that there's a black female vice president to buy. And including some Democrats. Before I go to my break, again, folks, this is the New York Times story uh, from July 18, 2023. Trump and allies forged plans to increase presidential power in 2025. Folks, I'm trying to tell y'all... I'm I'm not scaring anybody. And if you think I am, fine. But what these people are planning to do, they want to consolidate power. Trump has already made it clear he is going to use the Department of Justice as a weapon. There are not going to be any walls. He is not... Bill Barr will not be reappointed. He is going to appoint somebody who is going to do whatever he wants. Right now, the DOJ, Larry, has rules in place. That when it comes to means with the White House, he's going to obliterate that we already know he wanted to use the IRS to investigate his political enemies. He will do that. The article says they want to put the Federal Communications Commission under White House control. They want to put numerous agencies under White House controls, numerous independent agencies. They want to put the Federal Trade Commission, which enforces antitrust and consumer protection rules against businesses under the president. Folks, what they are planning is something that we have never experienced in the history of this country, including Jim Crow and slavery. Larry. Roland, well, I read that New
10: York Times article, and, and I think you, you've been talking about this for a while, about, you know, highlighting the, the challenges we will face as a nation of Donald Trump would it be, you know, win the election next year? And I thought it was a, it was a real written article, but it was all frightening. <laughs> but it's consistent with everything you talk about in your book and, and the reasons why we, we face the challenges in your book and the political landscape in the, in the United States. Listen, they're not, a, they're not, win, they're not worried about... They will win by any means necessary. And that means cheating. And if they win, as I said earlier about political endgame, you're right in terms of some of those federal agencies, FCC, F, FDA, and some other agencies... They want to bring, essentially kind of bring them under control of the White House, and then you, you weaponize weaponizing, using the DOJ to go after his political enemies, everything from Hillary Clinton to Joe Biden to black folks in America, because we are number one with a bullet on the list because we talked about what happened a few years ago with the election. So we have to be make sure we are step asked from now until the election and even after that, because we know we're going to still have some nonsense, and folks have to register to vote go out to vote, or we're going to find ourselves in some serious challenges over the next last years. point
5: i'm going to make here mustafa you get the final word go to my ipad this is from the new york times story he wants to revive the practice of impounding funds refusing to spend money congress has appropriated for programs a president doesn't like a tactic that lawmakers banned under president richard nixon he intends to strip employment protections from tens of thousands of career civil servants hello black people we are disproportionately working for the federal government making it easier to replace them if they are deemed obstacles to his agenda. He plans to scour the intelligence agencies, the State Department, and the defense bureaucracies to remove officials he has vilified as the sick political class that hates our country. This is one of his people, y'all. The president's plan should be to fundamentally reorient the federal government in a way that hasn't been done since FDR's New Deal, said John McEntee a former White House personnel chief who began Mr. Trump's systematic attempt to sweep out officials deemed to be disloyal in 2020 and who was now involved in mapping out the new approach. Quote, our current executive branch was conceived of by liberals for the purpose of promulgating liberal policies. There is no way to make the existing structure function in a conservative manner. It is not enough to get the personnel right, what's necessary is a complete system overhaul. They are going to be targeting
7: lots of black people, Mustafa. Yeah, you know, I I would encourage people to go out and read. Read the dictators and despots of the past. You'll see a lot of these things that are... were part of the structures and the systems that they put in place. And if you want to bring it home, you know, take a look at what happened in South Africa during the apartheid system. Many of these things that you see of stripping away people's ability to learn and to be able to honor your own culture uh, and to not have power and to have resources taken away was a part of that uh, apartheid system. So this has an apartheid-esque sort of framing to it as well if you want to look at it about the impacts that'll happen inside of our communities. But if you don't read, And if you don't research, you won't understand these dynamics that are playing out right before your eyes. They're playing out before our very eyes. And I'm telling you,
5: and I'm gonna be pounding this between now and election day. Black people, this is no time. And not just black, there are other people who watch this show as well who are not black. So black and non-black people, now is not the time for BS. Now it's not the time for games. We must make demands of Biden and Harris. We must hold them accountable. But the most important thing, these evil people cannot come near the White House. If the Republicans choose to vote and give the nomination to Donald Trump, they can do so. It is our job to do everything to deny him that. And I'm talking about seeing black voter turnout, not at 55 or 60 or 65 and 70, I'm talking about 85, 90, 95 because there is a bullseye on the back of every black person. And let me just give you all a reminder. Shermichael sure, Singleton, who is a Republican, when these same Republicans saw some critical comments he made of Trump, they walked him out of the housing and urban development, even though he was working. on the campaign of Ben Carson. Let me tell you that again. A black Republican, they fired him and walked him out of the building. You think if they did that to a black Republican who worked on the campaign of Ben Carson and they fired him in the agency that Ben Carson was running, what the hell do you think they're going to do to the rest of the black people? We're going to go to a break. We come back. We're going to talk about Henrietta Lacks, a major settlement uh, for her family uh, as it relates to uh, her sales that, were, that made billions of biotech companies. You're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered right here on the Black Star Network. Support us in what we do, folks. Your dollars make it possible. You're not getting this from any other source, no other black-owned news source in the country. Please contribute to this show right now. See your check and money order. P.O. Box 57196, Washington, D.C. 20037 0196. Folks, you can give via Cash App. Our goal is to get 20,000 Ralph fans contributing on average 50 bucks each at $4.19 $4. a month, <coughs> 13 cents a day. We have to have our own news to discuss these type of issues. Cash App, dollar sign RM unfiltered. That's the only cash ship I have. Dollar sign RM unfiltered. PayPal R Martin unfiltered. Venmo RM unfiltered. Zell Roland at RolandSmartin.com. Roland at dot unfiltered.com. We'll be right back.
6: On the next Get Wealthy with me, Deborah Owens, America's Wealth Coach. The studies show that millennials and Gen Xers will be less well off than their parents. What can we do to make sure that we get to children younger and that they have the right money habits? Well, joining me on the next Get Wealthy is an author who's created a master playbook.
1: Be willing to share some of your money mistakes, right? If If that's what you have to lean on, um, start with the money mistakes that you have made, but don't just tell the mistake, right? Tell the lesson in the
6: mistake. That's right here on Get Wealthy, only on Blackstar Network.
1: Connects on the frequency with me, Dee
9: Barnes, our special guest, Alicia Garza, one of the founders of the Black Lives Matter movement. We're going to discuss her new book, The Purpose of Power How We Come Together When We Fall Apart.
1: We live in a world where we have to navigate. You know, when we say something, people look at us funny, but when a man says the same thing, less skillfully than we did, right? Right. And everybody boxed towards what they said, even though it was your idea. Right here on The Frequency on the Black Star Network.
2: I'm Faraji Muhammad, live from LA. Hi, my name is Freddie Ricks. I'm from Houston, Texas.
9: My name is Sharon Williams. I'm from Dallas, Texas.
2: right now I'm rolling with Roland
7: Martin, unfiltered, uncut, unplugged, and undamn believable..
5: After years of court battles, a settlement is finally reached uh, in the, the Henrietta Lacks lawsuit with Thermo Fisher Scientific. Thermo Fisher Scientific is one of the many biotechnology companies that benefited from Lacks' cells that were taken without her consent by doctors at Johns Hopkins Hospital in 1951. Her cells, known as the uh, HeLa cells, became the first human cells successfully cloned and went on to revolutionize medicine. Today, the family of Henrietta Lacks and the attorney Ben Crump held a news conference to announce the significant settlement, a confidential settlement.
12: And so we are celebrating the life and the settlement is a great announcement, but it's a bigger announcement that we continue to celebrate Henrietta Lacks. I want to read a statement that is the only thing we will say about uh, this settlement, uh, and Thermo Fisher, members of the family of Henrietta Lacks and Thermo Fisher have agreed to settle the litigation filed by Henrietta Lacks estate in the United States District Court of Baltimore, Maryland. The terms of the agreement will be confidential. The parties are pleased that they were able to find a way to resolve this matter outside of the court and will have no further comment about the settlement. So we won't be talking about the settlement, but we will talk about terms. Thank you, Attorney Scheer. What is very important to this family what has always been important to this family, right, Ron, was that the family will get to define the legacy of their grandmother. That's what Alfred and Kim have been fighting for all these years. Mr. Lawrence Lacks, the last of Lacks, Right now, he is battling some health issues, but went to his children, Ryan Lawrence, his nephews and nieces, and talked about we have to def- find the legacy of Henrietta Lacks. He fought his whole life to try to get justice for his mother. So, We are very, very elated that in his lifetime he got a chance to go into a court of law to plead the case for his mother, to say that his mother was not insignificant, that his mother, Henrietta Lacks, was not illiterate that his mother, mother, Henrietta Lacks, was not inferior. In fact, she was extraordinary. On this birthday, America should acknowledge that she was extraordinary in every way.
5: All right, folks, um, uh, there's a lot more. It was about a 40 minute uh, news conference there. Uh, th- this really is a huge decision, uh, Mustafa. Uh, and frankly, I hope they sue everybody else uh, because at the end of the day, this is a perfect example of companies making millions off of black people and not compensating African Americans.
7: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's always been about the extraction of black bodies and now also in black DNA and black genetics. So yeah, folks who have been making billions, literally uh, dollars, off of, off of us and our body parts. So yes, I hope that they make sure the family gets every dollar that's coming to them. Because if you go back and look through history, if you look at black soldiers, they tested medical tested on us with the various types of gases and chemicals that they were using. If you look at black prisoners. They also tested us for asbestos. If you look at black women, we saw both in slavery and afterwards how they actually did experimentation uh, on our our sexual organs and a number of other dynamics. So this is a part of a long history of the extraction um, of our DNA and of our body. And it's time that people, one, make sure it never happens again, but also that people receive the payment that should be a part of that pain uh, that has followed our folks since we first came on these shores. Uh,
5: for the folks out there, uh, Larry, who don't understand why it's important to have attorneys, here you go.
10: Absolutely. And,
5: Rowan, this is, has this is
10: taken too long. And, you know, it's interesting in terms of Black folks, and, and we look at history, my colleague just highlighted, in terms of how, you know, particularly enslaved Africans, prisoners, etc., have been treated throughout U.S. history. But this is an important moment but it is important to recognize that we have to ensure that these kind of things don't happen in the future. We talk about all these, uh, you know, challenges that black women still encounter in terms of uh, not only infant mortality race, pregnancy related rates, pregnancy-related relates. So the fight for fairness to protect the lives of black women is ongoing. And so, once again, this is an important moment for the family and also in terms of remembrance, in terms of what— with, with, what the country, not only a country, in terms of the world, in terms of benefiting from utilizing our, you know, our immortal cells, but we have to continue to make sure we defend Black women and we hold scientists and other individuals accountable.
6: Lauren. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I think uh, it's such a great example of the exploitation game and how it works with African Americans in this country whether it's the NCAA or the music industry or this situation right here, money is made off of us. You know, we bring something to the table and money is made off of us. And here we are, you know, 70 years later uh, rectifying this. And even though it's very common to have these settlements be secret, I wish we knew what the number was. Hopefully it was in the multi-millions of dollars. Obviously, with Attorney Crump on the job, I'm sure it was a very good deal. But I'd love to know what it was. It, it's just got to be really up there, given what this situation was, lack of consent, uh, and using somebody's cells to uh, uh, create cures for years after years after years. We're talking multi-millions of dollars. The fact that they got away with this is extraordinary, but I'm glad it's rectified. And congratulations once again to Ben Crump. All
5: right, folks, hold tight one second. When we come back, we're going to hear from... Ohio explain why that cop who unleashed a dog uh, on an unarmed black man, why he was fired. Also, Gary Sheffield, honor. The original T-Golf Classic uh, will show you uh, what he had to say, including why he loves this show. You're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered right here on the Black Star Network.
9: Let's take a moment to breathe. Deep inhale.
5: 0196. The cash app is dollar sign RM Unfiltered. PayPal is Martin Unfiltered. Venmo is RM Unfiltered. Zelle is Roland at RolandSMartin.com.
9: On a next A Balanced Life with me, Dr. Jackie. How are you being of service to others? Doing for someone besides yourself is such a big part of living a balanced life. We'll talk about what that means, the generation that missed that message and the price that we're all paying as a result. Well,
2: now all I see is mama getting up in the morning, going to work, maybe dropping me off at school, then coming back home at night. And then I really didn't have any type of time with the person that really was there to nurture me and prepare me
9: and to show me what uh, a life looked like and what service looked like. That's all on the next A Balanced Life with me, Dr. Jackie, here at Black Star Network. My name is Lena Charles,
6: and I'm from Opelousas, Louisiana. Yes. That is Zodico, Capital of the World.
2: My name is Margaret Chappelle. I'm from Dallas, Texas, representing the Urban Trivia Games.
6: It's me, Sherry Shepard, and you know what you watch
2: Roland Martin on Unfiltered. <laughs>
5: The Circleville Ohio Police Department explains why the officer who released a police dog on an unarmed black man was fired. Uh, the department revealed that Officer Ryan Speakman was fired for releasing confidential information and being deceptive during an investigation, not for breaking department protocol during the arrest of truck driver D- Jadarius Rose. According to police, Spearman had two meetings with Chief Sean Baer to address concerns about his behavior following the July 4th dog attack when Speakman released his police dog on Rose as he surrendered to police. Chief Bayer addressed concerns about Speakman's behavior following the incident and repeatedly instructed him not to discuss it because it was wrong for the department. The Ohio Patrolman's Benevolent Association has filed a grievance with the department arguing that Spearman had been unjustly fired. Hmm. No shock. How many times have I told y'all that voting matters? Today, Wisconsin Supreme Court shifts to liberal control for the first time in 15 years. Janet Protasiewicz, Milwaukee County judge who made abortion rights the focal point of her campaign, has assumed her new role as a justice. The departure of retiring conservative justice uh, Pat Rogensack marks a significant shift within the court's composition, setting the stage for potential legal battles and Democratic efforts to reshape policies in the state. As a new liberal majority takes shape, Democrats hope the court will rule in their favor on crucial issues such as abortion rights, as well as gerrymandering. This right here is a huge, huge deal, Lauren. We saw what happened in North Carolina where Democrats controlled the court, Republicans controlled the court, Democrats Democrats got control, ruled against gerrymandering, ruled against uh, voter ID laws. The moment the Republicans took control after the the 2022 election, they immediately reversed course. Here's an opportunity, because in Wisconsin... The numbers don't lie. If Democrats got got 55% of the votes in the state, they would still not control the legislature. Republicans control the legislature. They'll strip power from the governor, Tony Evers. Uh, They've done all sorts of things. And so don't be surprised. Now you might see some rulings from the Wisconsin State Supreme Court that will actually even the playing field in Wisconsin that could impact the 2024 election, including when the Supreme Court banned drop boxes.
6: Yeah. Wisconsin's a really close state, very close. Unfortunately, they should have, a, they should have Mandela Barnes in the Senate. But, but, unfortunately, that didn't happen. And it's a shame that the uh, news on Protasa, which is going to be sort of buried by the Trump indictment. But you're right, Roland, this is huge news. It really uh, it was amazing that she won uh, and again, such a close state. And you're right, North Carolina is the other one that's, that's sort of close on a lot of things. And, again, you can see the demographics in the country changing before your eyes. Uh, Not just racially, but so many women involved now in politics. A record number of women involved uh, in in the U.S. Congress have a record number running this year in Virginia, uh, along with a record number of African-Americans running in Virginia. But back to the point of Wisconsin, yes, these, these these are the moments where voting, you really see why voting matters. Uh, not just the national elections that everybody gets excited about, like the presidential election or even a gubernatorial election. This is a a huge moment right here, huge news out of Wisconsin, no doubt.
5: And I'm telling you, Larry, I need black people in North Carolina to understand that the reason we have seen parity there to some degree is because Democrats were controlling the Supreme Court and when Republicans would pass laws in the legislature, Supreme Court will overrule them. The problem now is Republicans have uh, a supermajority in the legislature. They control the Supreme Court. They can overrule the governor. And so I need people to stop thinking that, well, if you elect somebody who's the governor or, or the legislature, you got to control the courts.
10: And Roland, shout out to you because you've been talking about this for years. <laughs> you've been talking about the importance of of the courts, and, and, and obviously not enough people are listening. So to go back to Wisconsin, I want one thing I want to highlight is the importance of the youth vote and in, in the, in the shift in, in, in what we see in the court. A lot of young people came out to vote. And so as we move closer to 2024, we're talking about North Carolina, Wisconsin, I'm quite sure we're going to continue to see some of the antics we've been talking about uh, the election in, in, a, in a several months. But you're right in terms of what happened in North Carolina. And look, I see it here in Florida in terms of the super majorities in the House, in the governorship, and then we see it in terms of the state Supreme Court. So it's really important that they should have these checks and balances in place, particularly when it comes to right-wing Republicans who hold power in the state, because they want to take things back to Jim Crow. And you're right, Roland, if we don't, if people don't go out to vote and make sure their checks and balances in place, black folks will find themselves in a world of hurt. Mustafa?
7: Well, you know, we put our right hand in the air and talk about power to the people. A part of that power is about us actually having a strategy about how we want to make change happen. How do we want to make sure that we are lifting up those folks who can make it through the judicial system as judges so that we have people in these positions that are so critical? So that's what this is about. It's not just about voting. Voting is incredibly important, but it's about what is the strategy that we as black people have about changing the dynamics that are around us, making sure there's parity and equality as we move forward.
5: Uh, Absolutely. Uh, And again, for people who don't understand, you got to play chess, not checkers. We have to understand the power of the courts we are seeing on the federal level. If we're not having the same focus on state Supreme Courts, on judicial races in our cities, municipal races, then we're going to be wondering why, oh, a law was passed, but the courts found it unconstitutional because they are also one of the three branches of government. There's executive, legislative, and judicial. Got to go to break. We come back, folks. Sad news out of New Jersey. Uh, the first black woman elected statewide, lieutenant governor of the state. She passed away today. We'll tell you all about that next on Rolling Martin Unfiltered on the Blackstone Network.
1: Up next on The Frequency with me, Dee Barnes, our
9: special guest, Alicia Garza, one of the founders of the Black Lives Matter movement. We're going to discuss her new book, The Purpose of Power, How We Come Together When We Fall Apart. We
1: live in a world where we have to navigate, you know, when we say something, people look at us funny, but when a man says the same thing less skillfully than we did, right? Right. (laughs) Everybody flocks towards what they said, even though it was your idea. Right here on The Frequency on the Black Star Network.
4: Next on The Black Table, with me, Greg Carr, we welcome the Black Star Network's very own Roland Martin, who joins us to talk about his new book, White Fear, how the browning of America is making white folks lose their minds. The book explains so much about what we're going through in this country right now and how, as white people head toward becoming a racial minority, it's going to get, well let's just say even more interesting. We are going to see more violence. We're going to see more vitriol because as each day passes, it, it is a nail in that coffin. The one and only Roland Martin on the next Black Table right here on the Black Star Network.
2: Hey, it's John Murray, the executive producer of the new Sherry Surfer Talk Show. You're watching Roland Mark,
3: Until today.
5: New Jersey is mourning the loss of Lieutenant Governor Sheila Oliver. Oliver, the first black woman to hold statewide elected office in New Jersey, passed away after a sudden illness at the age of 71. She went into the hospital on Monday and she died today. Her impact was felt throughout her political career, From her historic election in 2017 as New Jersey's Lieutenant Governor, alongside Governor Phil Murphy, to her unwavering commitment to addressing the challenges urban communities face, Governor Murphy praised her for inspiring millions of women and girls, noting that her perspective in public policy was irreplaceable. Quote, Tammy and I and our children are incredibly saddened to learn of the passing of our dear friend, colleague, and partner in government, Lieutenant Governor Oliver. We ask that you all keep the Oliver family and all those who loved her in your thoughts and prayers during this difficult time. The governor's office has yet to announce her successor. Folks, uh, Northwestern University has enlisted the expertise of former U.S. Attorney General Loretta Lynch to lead a comprehensive review of its athletic department culture. Northwestern faces multiple lawsuits accusing the athletic department of fostering a toxic culture. Loretta Lynch, of course, is known for her dedication to promoting justice and accountability. Uh, Underscoring the university's commitment to impartiality, assessing the situation and creating a safer environment for student athletes. She'll begin her work immediately and the results of her review will be made public after the process. A lot of things are happening with that program. uh, And uh, the bottom line is uh, they're facing lawsuits from a lot of black players uh, and others, Mustafa. uh, And so that's why they are undergoing this massive review.
7: Yeah, you know, there's got to be more accountability in the system. We know the injustices that continue to happen. Um, So them, you know, doing this analysis is so critically important. The question becomes, after the information is gathered, you know, what will be the sets of actions that folks will do to change the dynamics that have been going on? So I look forward to being able to see how this all plays out. Uh, It is uh, something that uh, is really uh, important, folks.
5: An Oklahoma man is going to spend time in prison for a racially motivated hate crime against a black man. Devon Wayne Johnson and his co-defendant Brandon Wayne Killian physically assaulted Jarrett Carolina and his white friend in January last year in Shawnee, Oklahoma. Johnson and Killian punched, kicked while spitting, stomping, and yelling racial slurs until Carolina was unconscious. The federal grand jury Johnson of the federal grand jury... Uh, hit uh, Johnson and Killian with a hate crime, alleging that the assault was solely based upon the man's race and color. Johnson has been sentenced to 10 years in prison, following by three years of supervised release. He's also been ordered to pay $68,000 in restitution. Killian is expected to be sentenced on August 14th. That, Lauren, is another win for Christian Clark and the Civil Rights Division of the Department of Justice.
6: It is another win for Kristen Clark. It really does make a difference who's in that position. And it also reflects the statistics with regard to hate crimes in the United States, which are in the majority directed toward African-Americans, which is way underreported, way underreported by the media. Uh, So, yeah, Kristen Clark being there does matter a great deal. In
5: Florida... A Florida federal jury convicts a white man for a racially motivated attack against six black men near the 1923 Rosewood massacre site. David Emanuel, a 62-year-old white man, was found guilty of willfully intimidating the victims attempting to injure and intimidate them through a vehicle. On September 6, Emanuel tried to run over the men surveying land near a public roadway. Emanuel approached the victims and shouted racial slurs and expl- expletives before driving his pickup truck towards them, nearly hitting one of the victims. He faces up to 15 years in prison. Larry again, that's federal. This is what this is again. Why it's important who we elect in uh, the White House that determines whether you're going to have an aggressive DOJ prosecuting hate crimes.
10: Yeah, if, if this was another administration, we would never even hear about these stories <laughs> because they wouldn't they wouldn't do anything beyond the fact of are at the, the accusations. And you're right. Roland, we've talked about this, elections have consequences and sometimes they're good. <laughs> and this is an example, we talked about, we've hailed Kristen Clark not only today, on many occasions on your show, but it's really important because we've known also, Roland, over the last several years, we've seen a dramatic uptick in these, these racially race, racist attacks. So it's really important whether they talk about African-Americans, Asian-Americans, et cetera, that DOJ continues to stand by the, the rule of law
5: and protect U.S. citizens. Indeed, indeed. All right, folks. Uh, hold tight one second. got to go, go to a break. When we come back. Uh, the original T. Golf Classic uh, honors uh, one of the best baseball players of all time, Gary Sheffield. And we'll show you uh, what he had to say when we come back on Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Network.
7: hatred on the streets, a horrific
1: scene, a white nationalist rally that descended into deadly violence.
0: Check the backseat. Check the backseat. All right,
1: come here. Check the backseat.
9: Me, Sherry Shepard, with Sammy Roman. I'm Dr. Robin B., pharmacist and fitness coach, and you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered.
5: All right, folks, for 25 years, my homie Wendell Haskins has been uh, hosting what is called the Original Tea Golf Classic. Uh, it is uh, named after uh, the brother who uh, founded or created the golf tee. Uh, they support uh, black golfers. They honor black golfers. Uh, and they also This year, they had a competition uh, with some HBCU graduates and some HBCU students. Uh, every year, they honor a particular um, uh, athlete or a high-profile individual. In the past, it's been Lee Elder, Beverly Johnson, Doug Williams, Alonzo Mourning, uh, Luke, uh, Luke, Luke, Uncle Luke uh, Campbell, and so many others. This year, it was a former Major League Baseball star Gary Sheffield. Uh, of course, uh, he kicked things off. Uh, well, they always do that, but they have, sort of have a a, a, tee off, a a celebrity tee off on the first tee. And so uh, this is Gary Sheffield right here. Come on, y'all. Thank you very much. Uh, this is Sheffield teeing off uh, to kick the tournament off. Uh, and uh, But where was that waggle, Gary? That Of course, he's known for that bat waggle uh, playing Major League uh, Baseball. Pull the audio up. That man was a major hey, leaguer. Hey, he didn't, he didn't, didn't play, in play in front of a crowd. He didn't play in front a crowd. it baby. That, that, that was a waggle. I love it. Put the cameras on me. There you go. <laughs> I understand. Gary cameras on me. I know how to perform. Uh, and so that was that. And, of course, when the golf tournament was over, uh, they had the awards program, uh, and Gary actually talked with the folks there uh, and this is what uh, he had to say. He something that was invention. And his a contribution
3: to the game of golf. has been back to the late 1800s. In 1899, he invented and patented the original golf teeth, the original team. So, you know, I've always done everything that I can to make sure that we continue to pursue golf, and get the recognition that we so well-deserved with excellence. Um, you know, Charlie Sidrid, as you know, was one of my first companies. He's the first school original. So you come in the line and uh, the uh Dr. J, Sam Jones, and Kyle, Kyle, Lee Elder, and Anthony Anderson and Doug Williams, along a warning last year, and now the great Harry Sheffield. So you 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 come you were part of a long line of great folks that love this game. Many of you know I have, have a dear
5: so, so, my heart for this Renee Powell, was so again, uh, again, Sheffield uh, I spoke. I'm gonna pull it up in a second, folks. Uh, uh, they also, what they also did was honor uh, Renee Powell, uh, of course, historic golfer uh, Renee, uh, and uh, a Window presented her uh, with a uh, hundred and fifty thousand dollar check uh, that was raised. Uh, Her dad, Bill Powell, uh, actually built uh, a golf course uh, by his own hands. Uh, And so that took place. uh, They're they're in Ohio. She could not attend the ceremony uh, because, again, she's running the golf course. Uh, But uh, here was uh, the moment uh, when Wendell presented uh, a special award to Gary, and then Gary addressed the audience.
11: Gary
3: Tony always create a new award for the honoree every year, and for Gary, this is his true original award. His OTGC engraved Louisville Slugger bat with the OTGC logo saying he's a "True Original 2024." Really Appreciate you, brother. for that at home. Thank you. Thank you. And, and, after, and after Gary's speaks, I want all of my sponsors to meet Gary over there and take a picture any of the kids that are
13: here as well, okay? Gary, I'll I'll hold that for you, brother. Wow. Wendell, you can't describe this man. This man is probably the most powerful man i met in my life because, you know, he's been the same person the day I met him. And to this point right here. And I just want to say thank you. Um, I may come off sound like a fan right now, but Mr. Roland Martin, I'm one of the biggest fans, man. Uh, man let's get that out of the way. Man, I love you, what you stand for, how you represent us. And I just love when you debate people and you just crush them. (laughs) He does a wonderful job. I just love him. But I just want to thank my friends, you know, for coming down here with me and uh, supporting me. And uh, you guys have always been there with me, you know, uh, through thick and thin. Y'all know my story. Y'all know my history. And um, I would just say to this whole room, I met some wonderful people here. This is a great room. And this is a testimony to Wendell. And I'm just telling you right now. You know, I used to smoke cigars at the age of 16. (laughs) But I never let kids see me smoke cigars when I was playing baseball until I retired. But what I learned in that that journey of smoking cigars is that I met the same type of people that's in this room, chill people that's like-minded, that's trying to do positive things for the kids. And that's what I'm about is about the kids. I know I got a lot of damn kids. <laughs> <laughs> you know, god hey, you know, it's so <laughs> <laughs> Hey, but that last one, that boy has something. <laughs> but I just wanna thank you guys, man. This is I, I, I take this to the heart right here, this award. Um, how you honored me, man. Nobody's ever done anything for me like this in my life. Oh, uh, yeah. And, uh, and I'm just you. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you guys in this room, you know, when I played, I played 22 years in baseball, and I was an outspoken player. And I was outspoken because of the injustice that I saw when I played. And it did have nothing to do with me because I was going to hold my own. They weren't going to beat me. And I didn't care what the circumstances was. I didn't care how, how hard it was. You know, that's what I teach my kids today. You know, I spoke for the, the guys that I played with in the minor leagues. And Milwaukee Brewers, the first organization I ever played with, we had the most minority players in baseball. And we had the least amount to make it to the big leagues. And those are the guys that I was fighting for. And I was just trying to put it out there for smarter people to carry it farther than I could. And that person was Roland Martin, and he, he carries that legacy for us. Oh, and that's what I'm trying to That's why I respect this man so much. He, he, he really don't know. I watch him every day. <laughs> <laughs> but, man, I tell you, man, that the, the, the thing that Wendell is doing for golf, and how he's bringing this home and trying to get us back, you know, get us playing this game because it's a positive game. And I think we can play this game if we took the time to understand. We have golf courses all over the world next to our neighborhoods. If we took the time out to play this, we would be just as good at golf as we are in baseball, football, and basketball. Nice. So it, take people, it took people like Wendell when I met him. He was the first person I saw at the PGA and the only African-American <laughs> <laughs> and when I saw that I was just amazed I was like how did you crack that <laughs> but you know this has been a wonderful night man uh, all the sponsors Nike all you guys man this is uh, this has been uh, wonderful for me I, I, I don't take this lightly you know I just thank each and every one of you I tried to reach out to you and touch every one of you out here because I know you're genuine people If you know Wendell I know you're genuine so thanks for having me have a good night. Thank
3: you. Thank you, Gary. Thank you so much for all of those words. Thank you very much. Gary, mind stepping over over this way? And uh, everyone with the flags, everyone who got the flag sponsors, want to step over there and take a picture with Gary, please? Any of the kids still in in, in the room? Any
5: of the kids? Any of the kids please come up front and play today and participate? All right, folks. um, So one reason I wanted to show you that, uh, because y'all might not remember, when Charlie Sifford uh, was given the Presidential Medal of Freedom uh, under President Obama, uh, Wendell actually led that effort. And the thing here, uh, Larry, there are so many things that happen in this country, um, uh, affecting African-Americans, by African-Americans that never get mainstream media attention. Uh, In fact, Wendell also was heavily involved in when Lee Elder, uh, he couldn't hit a tee shot, but a year before he died, when he was one of the ceremonial uh, starters uh, at the Masters. Uh, And so, it's brothers like Wendell who are out there doing the work. He's been fighting on behalf of Black golfers, calling out the industry uh, that doesn't get a lot of attention. But this is also why Black-owned Media Matters, uh, because we can do stuff other folks won't do.
10: Absolutely. And Roland, we wouldn't see the video or hear your, your commentary, like you said, anywhere else. And like I said earlier, this is why your platform is so important. And it, it is interesting, Roland, you make the point about, you know, obviously sports, particularly golf. You know, black folks are, have, have historically been involved in love, a, a number of different athletic endeavors. But it's, I'm always amazed in this particular story you, you described today. It's always amazed at how someone like myself, who was a sports fan, that I've never heard of some of these stories. And it's really important, like you said, again, that we, we highlight these stories and, you know, certainly your presence at the event. But also on the perm, some of the language, some of the things that Gary Sheffield talked about in terms of what we see now, I'm a am an MLB fan, and that we see so many few African-Americans in the sport, and there's been a dramatic, dramatic increase since Sheffield retired. But it is really important that we highlight these stories in any sport, and then we make sure that we take all the steps necessary to recognize those who've laid the foundation, and also to make sure we, we ensure that there are more black folks in sports like golf and, golf and others.
5: Oh, absolutely! Uh, and uh, one of the things again that took place there, uh, Lauren, there were uh, there was there were HBCU graduates. Uh, also, uh, a sister who was from Houston, she's actually uh, still playing at Howard University. Was a brother who was from FAMU. Uh, Amber Kirkendall, Uh she played golf at Texas Southern University. Uh, Wendell asked me to introduce her. Uh, she's she's from Houston. Uh, in fact, she led um, a TSU. Uh, to their first uh, SWAT champ- golf championship. Uh, she is a professional golfer. Uh, she's on one of the development tours uh, trying to get to the LPGA. Uh, and so a lot of people out there, again, they see Tiger Woods, but the reality is on the LPGA side, you got more black women who've actually been on tour uh, than men. Right now, you've got uh, like six or eight sisters uh, who have made to the tour, the development tour is still out there. Uh, Again, this is Amber. She was uh, teeing up Richard T Golf Classic. And what Wendell also does is, and this is also a huge thing, also provides resources. Uh, And so when they were playing, they were competing for money Uh, because the reality is when you are one of these golfers, uh, I mean, you know, you're out there, you're trying uh, to get paid. Uh, And Amber Swing is no joke. Check this out so she uh again it was uh, like all different players and and that's the other piece golf is an expensive sport so the ability to play and want to play in this tournament that money can go towards being able to enter some of these tournaments
6: Right. And without anyone knowing about it, none of that money comes in because nobody really knows about it, which is why the media piece and the publicity piece is so huge in all of this. And uh, it doesn't just happen with sort of sports and stuff that happens in the black community. It happens at funerals. It happens with a lot of things that happen in the black community that nobody knows about. And uh, it's amazing to me just to think about just some of the events that we go to, And I'm always amazed to look in the back of the room, uh, particularly at some of the larger events, and find no media at the event. (laughs) So a lot of what, you know, obviously a lot of what you're showing is illuminating and filling out a lot of the history in real time that nobody is documenting, uh, which is a really big deal. Obviously, at a moment, the backdrop being uh, uh, Republicans trying to erase black history or change it into something else, which is why it's really important who tells your history. It's really important who teaches your kids history. And it's really important that you control your narrative, your information and your history.
5: Uh, In fact, uh, because y'all know I'm always have my camera, always have my camera. I'm always rolling. Uh, And so uh, and I think I missed the intro. Do I have it here? Do I have it here? I thought I did. Uh, So I also played in Steve Harvey's golf tournament. This was a June 7th. Uh, and uh, uh, Sharon Page, who uh, runs a tournament, asked me uh, to help them raise some money, and we did. So that was a young kid, another black golfer. And again, I know some of y'all sitting out there saying, man, come on, like you and all this golf thing. But I'm trying to tell y'all, this is the kind of stuff that's happening every day in the black community nobody talks about. So there's a young brother. He was playing in Steve Harvey's golf tournament, and he might have been in Steve's group where he was playing uh, in another different group. And Homeboy was just playing. I think, I think their team came in first or second. Well, he has about five, I think it was like six to eight tournaments um, happening um, this summer. The entry fee for, all, for those tournaments is like $5,000 apiece. And so when Steve, uh, we, 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 were, we, were, we were there, we were all there uh, in the award ceremony. And uh, his mom was sitting next to him. And his mom uh, mentioned and somebody else said, hey, you know, this kid is trying to make the professional tour. He's got several tournaments uh, and there's an entry fee. And uh, Steve said, well, how much is it? They said it's like eight tournaments, $5,000 a piece. Steve Harvey said, don't worry about it. It's now paid for. Uh, And so this was the moment uh, when the young man came up, came up uh and Steve congratulated him.
8: Pull up. that dollars with these girls. Oh.
5: <laughs> again, again, we're there raising money for charities. Uh but that young man is trying to become a professional golfer. Uh, and Steve Harvey said. I'm going to pay the $35,000 in tournament fees so you can be sure to play.
0: My name is Ariel. I moved to the U.S. at 19. I spoke no English and I struggled finding job opportunities. Everything I have, I owe to the Adult Literacy Center and getting my high school diploma at age 22.
1: It was an honor helping you achieve your greatness. Now you're helping others achieve theirs. It inspires me. When you graduate, they graduate. Find free and supportive adult education centers near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council.
7: It's all about investment and opportunity. It's so good to see us continue to give back. You know, when you give, especially young people, an opportunity they will excel. We see that no matter what sport it might be, or if we're in science or the law, or whatever it might be, that if we're truly given a, an opportunity, and then we have the backing that's necessary to allow us to get the experience, that we will take it to a whole nother level. So thank you to Steve for doing that. Thank you to Wendell. Thank you to Chef. Uh, and of course, Roland, thank you for, to you for always showing up and having your camera ready to make sure we're highlighting our stories.
5: Absolutely, absolutely. And so, so all y'all that be wondering, like, man, why Roland ain't here? He out playing golf while well, I'm actually working, while I'm also playing golf. Bringing y'all this kind of stuff that, again, other folks are not covering. And I'm telling y'all, it happens every single day. Uh, last point, uh, I represented uh, the bros uh, in Dallas last week at the Alpha Convention. Uh, Larry and Mustafa, both of y'all are alphas. Uh, and ran the Charles Haley. Charles Haley, of course, uh, five-time winner of the Super Bowl, uh, second most in history behind Tom Brady. And so uh, I was joking with him about how I hate the Cowboys. He shot the finger at me. Uh, and so um, uh, Haley has his foundation. It's going to be in September. He said, man, I want you to come and play as well. And so I just want everybody who's watching to understand, there are things that African-American celebrities and folks who are just out there fighting a the, you know, the good fight like Wendell Haskins They are doing things for black people every single day that mainstream media will never cover. You're not going to even see a lot of these so-called black media places. And so we believe in highlighting those stories, and that's why these things matter. Uh, And so we want to do that as well. So again, let me thank our panel, Larry, Mustafa, as well as Lauren. Thank you so very much for joining us. Uh, Folks, um, when you hear me talk about why your support matters, I mean that. Your support allows not just for me to travel, but for me to bring my my staff with me when we go to cover these events. And so it's just not fun in the games. We're going to George Lopez Golf Tournament or Anthony Anderson, uh, or next month we've got, well, no, in 19 days, Seth the Entertainer's Golf Tournament, Chris Tucker's Golf Tournament. These folks are doing amazing things for African Americans and they don't get the attention they deserve. So when we ask you to support us in what we do with your dollars, All of that is critical, uh, because if we're not telling our own story, uh, then it's not gonna be told. What we're doing here at Roland Martin Unfiltered and the Black Star Network is exactly what Frederick Douglass did with the North Star, Ida B. Wells Barnett did uh, with her paper, Uh, what the Chicago Defender did, Robert Abbott and the Chicago Defender, uh, and of course the Land Daily World and the Pittsburgh Courier, and on and on and on, Ebony and Jet. So many things that happened in Black America would have never been covered because white media ignored us. And it still happens today. And so when you give to this show, I want you to understand your dollars are going for this set, for our cameras, for our monitors, for our live view unit. I mean, you name it, that's what we are doing. And so please uh, make the contribution. We have more than several thousand people watching tonight. Uh, again, when you hit the like button that impacts us on YouTube and the algorithm, we make money there as well. But when you give, do understand you are funding this, of course, we all know when Gil Scott Heron said revolution will not be televised. I dare say the revolution will be live streamed. And so you are making that possible. So you're checking money, order to PO Box 57196, Washington DC, 20037-0196. Cash App, dollar sign, RM Unfiltered. PayPal, R Martin Unfiltered. Venmo is RM Unfiltered. Zale, Roland at RolandSMartin.com. Roland at RolandMartinUnfiltered.com. Uh, and be sure to buy a copy of my book, White Fear, How the Browning of America is Making White Folks Lose Their Minds When You Buy That Book. That money goes back into the show as well. And so please, get the book as well. Uh, again, Bon Noble, Target, Books A Million. Download it on Audible, order it on Amazon. Folks, we are doing the work. And trust me, we've got some great things coming up uh, this month in September. Congressional Black Caucus Foundation (ALC), some things that we're doing with the McDonald's Inspirational Gospel Tour, uh, some other stories that we're covering. Uh, we got be working on the elections in Virginia. We're going to be working on that as well. Then get ready for 2024. And so there is no time where Black owned media is needed now more than ever. Your support is critical. So please stand with us. And I appreciate thoughts, and prayers. I appreciated all the brothers at Alpha Convention. I appreciated the people of National Urban League telling me to stay strong. We got you. But let me be clear. Money makes this engine work. And we need your support. Thanks a bunch, folks. I'll see you tomorrow. I'll be live from Birmingham. National Association of Black Journalists kicks off tomorrow. I will be live in the ham tomorrow. I'll see you then. Holler!
4: Folks, Black Star Network is here. Oh, no punches. I'm real uh, revolutionary right now.
6: Support
13: this man, Black Media. He makes sure that our stories are told.
5: I thank you for being the voice of
2: Black America, Rolling. Hey, Blake, I love y'all. All
6: momentum we have... We have to keep this going. The
4: video looks phenomenal. See this difference between Black Star Network and Black Owned Media and something like CNN. You can't be Black Owned Media and be scaped. It's time to be smart. Bring your eyeballs home. You dig? Pull up a chair. Take your seat. The Black Tape with me, Dr. Greg Carr, here on the Black Star Network every week. We'll take a deeper dive into the world we're living in. Join the conversation only on the Black Star Network.
9: Hi, I'm Dr. Jackie Hood Martin, and I have a question for you. Ever feel as if your life is teetering and the weight and pressure of the world is consistently on your shoulders? Well, let me tell you, living a balanced life isn't easy. Join me each Tuesday on Black Star Network for a balanced life with Dr. Jackie.
2: We're all impacted by the culture, whether we know it or not. From politics to music and entertainment, it's a huge part of our lives. And we're going to talk about it every day right here on The Culture with me, Faraji Muhammad, only on the Black Star Network.